Chapter Twenty Four. David had chosen the ground for our meeting, a public place, somewhere none of us could morph. It was inside a crowded Taco Bell. Outside, night was falling. The neon signs were on. Most drivers had their lights on. The weather had turned bad again. Nothing like the storm the other night, but dark clouds that brought the night earlier than normal. Inside, it was all blazing lights and plastic seats and kids scarfing soft tacos. The terms were that each of us had to be visible, but even now we weren't going to appear to be some kind of clique or whatever. Marco was with Cassie, Axe in human morph was with me. Jake loitered around the counter, looking like he couldn't quite decide what to order. The bright public nature of the place was supposed to reassure us too, I guess. We were supposed to be relaxed, not thinking it could be a trap. But I'll tell you something. If Visser Three thought for certain that he could catch the Andalite bandits as he thought of us, he wouldn't let the public get in his way. He wouldn't need to send in the Hork Bajir. He could machine gun the place using human controllers. That would have made the news, but no one would have thought it was all that strange. I guess that says something about the condition of the human race, with or without aliens. I sat there watching Axe eat. I had started out hungry. But watching Axe tear through tacos, burritos, nachos, refried beans, packets of hot sauce, and the bag they all came in—well, that kind of took care of my appetite. Spicy, right? This flavor, burr, burr. This flavor is called spicy. Yeah, spicy, hot too. Yes, it is hot. No, I mean the flavor is hot. So is the temperature. Skip it. Skip. Forget it. Let it go. Drop it. No sooner were those last words out of my mouth than I regretted them. Axe promptly dropped the container of refried beans he'd been holding. It landed wrong side down on the table. I didn't even have the energy to roll my eyes. I just went back to staring at the doors, slowly shifting my gaze from one to the next. Then there he was, Sadler, David. He swaggered in like he owned the world and everything in it. I so wanted to wipe that smirk off his face, but that wasn't in the script. My role was to seem chastised, beaten down, defeated, and humiliated. That's what we figured he'd want. That's what would make him happy. David smirked at Jake. Then he brushed past him and came over to sit down across from me. You can leave, he told Axe. This is a humans-only section. Axe turned his head awkwardly to look at Jake. Jake nodded. Axe got up and left. Jake took his place, sliding in next to David. So, David said, so we meet again, Rachel. Excuse me, I'm not involved in this, I said. I started to get up to leave. David reached across and grabbed my arm. What's the matter, Rachel? You don't like me? Rachel's not involved, David. It's Cassie who hid the box. She'll show you where it is. I don't think so, David said. I think Rachel is the guide I want. She doesn't know the way. David laughed. He laughed exactly like Sadler. 
That's a lie. Rachel knows. No, I don't, I said weakly. Don't be an idiot, Rachel, Jake fumed. David knows. He must have been in the barn. Jake looked like he was suddenly furious at the beans X had left behind. He swiped at them with his hand. A couple of globules of the brown goo landed on my arm. Jake did not apologize. He just glared at me balefully. David leaned forward, suddenly all business. Okay, here's the deal. Rachel takes me to the box, and all of you will follow, staying back at least a thousand feet. You want us to follow you? Jake asked incredulously. Of course. How else will I know where you are? Jake made a show of looking confused. Rachel will lead me to the blue box. You will each be there, right where I can see you, out of morph. Then Rachel and I go in, get the box, and we all say a tearful farewell. You go on fighting yurks, I go get rich. Jake nodded, but I said, I can't go in there with him. I don't trust him. He could... Rachel, Jake said, dripping disgust. You know, I always thought there was a coward hiding deep down inside all of that tough talk of yours. Just do it. You want to remain an anamorph? You'll follow orders. I nodded, meek and afraid. David searched my face through Sadler's eyes. Was he suspicious? Had I overplayed my part? Then he reached across and smeared the refried beans down the sleeve of my shirt and laughed. So I did something I don't do much. I started to cry. Chapter 25 David and I flew. He was in Golden Eagle Morph, and I was in Seagull Morph. He kept me out in front. He followed close behind. If he had decided to attack me, I would have been helpless. I was like some little Cessna flying with a 747 behind me. I led the way to the construction site. The construction site where everything had begun so long ago. Where Alfangor had given us our powers. It was also the place where David had found the blue box. Ah, yes, he said. Of course, the last place I would have looked for it. You put it back where it started out. I said nothing. I just flew. Jake, Cassie, Axe, and Marco followed at a distance. I led the way down to one of the several unfinished buildings. It was just four cinder block walls with a few doorless doorways. I think it was originally going to be a convenience store before the whole thing got cancelled. Or maybe a fast food place. Who knows? It didn't matter. We landed in the center of the open, desolate enclosure. There were beer bottles and coke cans strewn around. There was construction debris, weathered from long exposure to the elements. Stay in morph, David ordered. I did what he told me. I saw him begin to change, watching the brown feathers melt into pink flesh and the fabric of his morphing outfit. I saw the moment when David's smirk emerged from the long, hooked beak. Glancing up, I saw the others circling overhead, doing as they'd been told. The darkness was spreading. My friends were fuzzy gray shadows against the darker clouds. Now, Rachel, you can demorph. But as soon as you do, I want you to go into the rat morph we'll both be using. I didn't bother answering. I just did what I was told. As I changed, David said, 
You know, Rachel, it's a shame it worked out this way. I mean, if you weren't such a harsh person, I would have invited you to quit this little gang and hook up with me. Jake doesn't even know how to use his powers. I mean, come on. Who cares if the Yurks are around? With Animorph powers, we can have anything we want. I began to change into the rat. It was a morph I'd done once before with Cassie. It was not something I wanted to do again. But David had to believe I had morphed it to help Cassie hide the pieces of the blue box. I began to shrink. The fast, ever, falling, falling, falling shrink you do when you're getting very small. White fur rippled across my body, down my arms, up my neck, down my back, itching against my outer clothing. The concrete floor was rushing up at me. All the barely visible cracks and crevices in the concrete now looked like ditches and dried creek beds. The empty beer bottles loomed as big as buses. My own legs were shrinking, becoming stubby, squat, shuffling things. My arms did the same. I could no longer stand. I fell forward. I shriveled and shrank and became hideous as David seemed to grow ever more huge. He was a monster a million miles tall. My face bulged out impossibly far, narrowing down to a sniffing pink nose. My ears crawled up the side of my head, and from the base of my spine, I felt the distant, numbed sensation of the long, hairless, ugly tail sprouting. David began to morph, but I could not make it out for a while. Not till I saw the diamond-patterned scales ripple and replace his skin. Then his arms and legs began to dwindle away to smoke, and I knew for sure. He was morphing the rattlesnake. He was smaller and smaller, but as he morphed, he slithered his coils around me. Brown and tan and black coils looped around me, a fence twice, three times my height. Sliding over the coils, the head appeared. A forked tongue, as long as I was, whipped out, tasted the air, and shot back in. One wrong move, Rachel, David said. Just one wrong move. Then, in loud thought speak, he told the others to come down. Down they came, spiraling through the last gasp of sunlight to land atop the walls that surrounded us. A falcon, a harrier, two ospreys, all deadly enemies of a rat. Now all four of you demorph. One wrong move and I bite this rat here. He opened his fleshy jaws, revealed the hollow, poison-delivering teeth, and moved to within an inch of me. I knew the rat was fast, but not faster than a striking rattler. I was completely and entirely in his power. And I was afraid. I was afraid. But the rat, surrounded by birds of prey, and with its ancestral enemy, the snake, just a breath away, was in a state of shrieking terror. Chapter 26 Now, all of you demorph. As soon as you've demorphed, remorph, David instructed. What morph? Jake demanded. Cockroach. That's not part of the plan, Jake yelled. Too bad. You think I'm some kind of idiot? You think I'm going to go into Rat Morph and have the four of you waiting around to squash me like a bug? Not a chance. That's it. Deal's done, Jake said. Oh yeah? 
then you're going to lose another cousin, Jake, David said. You are all going to morph to cockroach, period. And if there's no deal, I'd bite Rachel right here and now. I knew logically that Jake would go along. I knew that as a human. But the rat brain inside my own mind only sensed greater peril. Suddenly, the rat's body froze, froze stiff with terror. I could not move a muscle. All I could do was quiver. I want your word, Jake said weakly. You have my word, Jake, David said generously. It took ten minutes for the others to demorph and remorph. Soon, four cockroaches scurried just beyond the snake's coils. Then, David demorphed. I knew what was coming next. We all knew what was coming next. Still, it wasn't easy to act the part we had to act. So far, so good, Jake whispered to me. Yeah, let's hope he doesn't go nuts on us, I said. Cause he thinks he'll play it out the way we think he will, Jake said. I would have smiled if I had lips. Jake has a lot of respect for Cassie's ability to read people. So do I. Although, I reminded myself, Cassie had not seen how evil David could be. In any case, we do have a backup plan if he starts stomping us all, I said. Not a great backup plan, Marco said morbidly. More like a really pathetic backup plan. David loomed larger and larger as he sprouted back into his human form. I saw him reach down and scoop up what could have been a beer bottle. He rummaged around and found a cap. Here we go, I told Jake and the others. What's he got? Like we planned, a bottle. Beer or soft drink? Cassie wondered. Looks like a Pepsi. I guess that's good, Marco said. Do cockroaches have a sense of taste? Axe wondered. David reached down and scooped up one of the four cockroaches. He put the mouth of the bottle beneath it and dropped it into the bottle. Hey, hey, what's happening? Marco yelled. David laughed. I'm putting you somewhere safe. What are you doing? Jake yelled. Don't worry, I'll keep my word, David said. I'm not going to hurt any of you. I just want to make sure you don't hurt me. Now stand still and we can get this over with. One by one, David scooped up my friends and dropped them into the Pepsi bottle. Then he screwed the bottle top back in place. Now, Rachel, we go get the blue box, David said. Now that there's no chance of your friends interfering. I saw four brown cockroaches trapped within the bottle. There was no way they could demorph. If one of them tried, he would begin by crushing the others, and would then be smothered within the bottle, ending up as nothing but a blob of unformed flesh. David lifted the bottle up to eye level and laughed. I've done what Visser 3 and all his Yurk Empire couldn't do. I have the Animorphs. Trapped. <laughs> you don't have the blue box yet, I reminded him. But I will, Rachel. I will if you expect to see any of these friends of yours alive again. Yeah, I will have the blue box. Cassie started screaming. We'll be trapped as cockroaches. We'll be trapped forever.
David set the bottle down. Two hours, Rachel. Two hours till they are trapped forever as roaches. Let's go get that blue box. Hello, Phantomorphs, and thank you for listening to another episode of Audiomorphs, the Animorphs Auditory Experience. As always, this is your host, Daniel, and ooh boy, we got a full mailbag today, so let's just hop right into it. First off, we've got a message uh, coming in on Tumblr through audiomorphscast.tumblr.com, if you want to reach out to me that way, uh, from Tomato Pudding, who writes, I've honestly... Excuse me, I've honestly been waiting on the edge of my seat for you to get to book 22. I absolutely love the David trilogy, and this one is my favorite. I'm loving all the character development I never noticed as a kid. And the ultimate solution for the David problem? I never saw it coming, and I remember it totally rocking my world. I honestly can't imagine this being sold as a children's book series these days, with the underlying darkness and all, and that's why I'm so glad we got it when we did. Uh, thank you so much for writing in, Tomato Pudding. Uh, yeah, David Saga, wild. Uh, one, one of the darker moments, I think, in a series that's full of dark moments, uh, especially this ending we're coming up to very soon now. Uh, and yeah, uh, I agree with the character development as well. This is, uh, a character book for Rachel, especially this last one, um, really coming to, having to come to terms with that whole, uh, you know, she loves fighting, she loves violence. Uh, deal that that she's got going on and and having to you know what does that mean for her what does that mean for her friends i love i love books like that there's a marco book uh coming up i think uh that's going to be like that we had uh cassie's book of course book 19 one of my favorite books in the series i just they they spread them out throughout the series and they're always very rich and rewarding to read in my opinion um I'm not up to date with children's literature, but I I have to imagine that they're still they're still talented authors writing about serious adult uh topics in a way that's approachable for children. I I don't think the 90s was some magical era um where I don't the, the quote unquote censors uh for children's media were were less or something. Um cuz like I didn't I didn't uh grasp a lot of the dark aspects of the series when I was a kid reading this. Um and and you know, uh, the the Hunger Games, you know, was that was pretty dark, right? Uh, that's also not recent. Again, man, I am out of the game, uh, especially for children's lit. But that you, you get what I'm saying. I I don't think it was. Um, I think it could have existed in any time period. But I am grateful that it does exist. Uh, love it a lot. So thank you for writing in, Tomato Pudding. Oh, that was that was a little long winded. Let's let's keep this snappy for the rest of them. We got a we got an email coming, not an email. Excuse me. We got a comment coming in from my contact form on my website. That's theapocalypse.com. That's theapocalypse, like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. Uh, and this one's by Joe. Joe writes in saying, uh, "Thank you so much for reading these comments, and I have a request for a song you should do in the start of the podcast. I think you should do the song I Can't Get It Out of My Head by Electric Light Orchestra." Thank you so very much for doing this podcast. Uh, thank you for writing in, Joe. I will definitely add that to, uh, I have like literally just a little document on my desktop that's got all the song suggestions, uh, people have given me, um, over the, wow, yeah, over the years at this point, as well as, um, you know, ones that I hear sometimes when I'm, you know, browsing Spotify that I think could work. So I'll throw it on there. I'll check it out. Uh, I can't promise you, but if I like it, um, you know, keep an eye out. <laughs> Uh, if you, if you, if anyone wants to send me in song wrecks, I'm always looking. 
Um, cause you know, I, I, my, I'm not actually a huge music guy. My music, uh, library is not that deep, uh, especially for, you know, this anyway. Um, moving on, we actually got a, uh, platinum tier donation. Uh, that's anyone who donates to me, uh, is a platinum member. Uh, Ember Delph, who's a longtime listener. I've, I've seen her pop in here and there, um, over various platforms, uh, regarding this podcast. Uh, thank you for all the continued hard work you put into Audiomorph- into the Audiomorphs podcast. You really bring the story to life. Thank you, Ember, for your donation. Uh, thank you for uh, being a longtime listener. Um, very cool. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, if you'd like to donate, you can find a link to my PayPal on my website that I mentioned previously, theapodcalypse.com. No pressure at all, though. Uh, any money you give me is strictly um, at your discretion, and it goes to my server fees. Uh, both for hosting this on Podbean and also my website. Uh, so thank you so much, Ember. And then I have quite a few, uh, three emails uh, coming in. That's uh, through my email, audiomorphscast at gmail.com. The first is through uh, another longtime listener, Willis. Willis is writing back in saying, uh, you mentioned that you haven't gotten a lot of emails recently, so I thought I'd write in with a question. Oh, thank you, Willis. In the David saga, why don't they re knocklet Tobias as a human? and then use the morphing cube on him again. I assume it would probably erase any morphs he already had, but it seems that they have a free fix, uh, free fix Tobias card. They haven't used it. Thank you for the audio experience, my prince. Willis the Arth. Uh, that's a great question I've never thought about. Uh, I assume that it's, uh, something about how you can't, uh, reuse... Oh man, see now, now I'm curious. Because I'm trying to remember, I feel like toward the end of the book, they do give another Nothlet morphing powers. And if that's true, then there's no reason they couldn't have done that to Tobias. And you're right, they just didn't think of it, and that was a major mistake on their part. Otherwise, I would have assumed that like being a Nothlet somehow prevents you from reactivating the morphing technology. Because um, otherwise, being a Nothlet is not uh, like a super scary thing anymore right if you can just kind of regain the morphing power i don't know i'm gonna keep that in the back of my brain and see if it gets answered later on the series uh because i know they delve into this sort of thing a little bit more uh later on thank you for writing thank you for writing in willis appreciate it Uh, i got an email from tank my man tank out in australia uh aka daniel he says good day daniel it's tank here aka daniel the david saga has got me on the edge of the tractor seat and wanting more every week Wow, it has been a wild ride. Keep up the good work. I've been flat out like a lizard drinking, harvesting onions and broccoli in the southwest of Australia. I attached a couple of pictures of my work, or of work, my old cockadoo hat, and a sunset while homeward bound. Hope you enjoy. Keep safe. Keep happy. My name is Tank. I believe the Andalites will come. Till then, we fight. Thank you so much for writing in again, Tank. Uh, I love your farm lifestyle. <laughs> it's... <laughs> It's so cool. I don't know. I just really get a kick out of that idea of you uh, driving this big old tractor hauling all these onions you've shown me uh, while listening to my podcast. That really tickles something in me. Uh, Thank you for writing in. Uh, Keep on doing your thing. I love it. Finally, we got one more email from, uh, and I'm going to try this, uh, and I do apologize if I get it wrong, but uh, Yoao, I believe. It is something like that. I looked it up earlier and I've forgotten already. Sorry, it's a Portuguese name. I don't speak Portuguese. Uh, Deeply apologize for my pronunciation. But he writes in, Hi Daniel, 
You don't know me, but I started listening to your podcast this week, and since you gave an email address, uh, felt like dropping some lines. Some backstory. I'm a 30-something-year-old guy from Portugal, and was in my early teens when some publisher here started translating and publishing the Animorphs in Portuguese. I remember picking up the first four to five books and loving it, but for some reason, never continued reading. Fast forward ten years or so, and I find myself with an urge to know what, uh, excuse me, uh, with an urge to know how the story ends. So I start hunting down the remaining books. To my surprise, I can only find the first eight books translated and published in Portuguese. They never printed the rest of the series here. They stopped there. Maybe it didn't sell very well? I don't know. Anyway, I read through up to number eight and called it quits. Purchasing the books in English on eBay was always a possibility, but would end up being way too expensive, and I'm not a big fan of reading them online. Case closed. Or is it? Last month, I received some signal from the universe. Again, the Animorphs popped into my head, and I reminded myself, again, that I never knew how the story ended. A quick search on Google confirms that ordering the original English books would be foolish in terms of cost. But wait, what's this? There's some guy on Spotify doing a podcast, which is basically him reading the books, one by one? Started in 2017. Hmm, probably gave up on it some time ago. Nope, still doing it in 2022. This is it, I thought. This is my chance to close this chapter in my... (laughs) This is my chance to close this chapter in my nostalgic life. I will finally know the whole story. So, yeah, just wanted to write to thank you and let you know I'll be following the podcast from now on and ask you please to go all the way with the books. Don't rob this old fool the chance to, at last, get to know how this ends. You're bringing joy to someone in this little country on the tail end of Europe. Cheers, and again, thank you. P.S. If you ever find yourself in Portugal, feel free to ask me anything. I owe you one. Thank you so much for writing in, uh, Yoao. Again, I'm deeply sorry about my pronunciation. Um, I love hearing um, from people outside of America and the English-speaking sphere that uh, are using my podcast as, as a way to actually access these texts. That's just, like, the coolest thing to me, um, truly. And I'm I'm very honored that uh, I get to provide uh, this service, I guess, uh, to you. Um, and don't worry, I, d- I don't plan on stopping. Um, I don't plan on it, you know. Who knows what will happen in the future, but if it's in my power, I'm going to put it... Uh, Follow this through to the end, because I've already invested so much into this, it'd be stupid to stop. Uh, But thank you for writing in. Uh, You won't hear this for a while, I think, uh, if you just started. (laughs) But when you do, thank you for writing in, um, and welcome to the party. Alright, that, finally, is all the messages I've received. Thank you so much, everyone who wrote in. Uh, You know, it it does perk up my week a little uh, when, when I get that, so thank you. Um, and we are almost done with this book. Uh, next week is the last episode, uh, not last episode, last three chapters, uh, end of the book. And we'll be done with the David saga and moving on. But until then, my name is Daniel, and I believe one day the Andalites will come. Until then, we fight.